Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Entertainment Banter. My name is Joel. And I'm Matt. I feel like you're just sitting there watching, listening to my intro going, how much longer is this one going to be? <laughs> no, I'm kind of just rolling with the punches these days. Mm. Yeah. What are we going to talk about today, Joel? Something new and exciting or the same old, same old? <laughs> what would be new and exciting, Matt? What would be new? Not what we're going to talk about today. No. <laughs> I don't even know what new is anymore with us. No. I want to get back to the basics. Are we defeated? Are we defeated by entertainment? Have we just thrown in the towel because entertainment has just gone downhill so bad? Remember we used to do podcasts about books? We did. <laughs> that one time. And sports. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have time to read. I I and pass out the minute I I you know get in my bed. If I try to open a book now, I like fall asleep in the first like page. I can't well, even stay awake anymore. What about porn? Yeah. Remember porn? <laughs> did we actually have one about porn? Or we <laughs> jokingly said <laughs> no. We, we did. We did. I don't remember. I That's think funny. We did. <laughs> drink drink your soda. Drink your. All right, soda. Let's, you let's keep, go back. Let's go keep, back. You keep pulling up to your mouth like you're gonna take a sip. Well, this is a podcast, you know, I'm supposed to talk during it, right? That's what they right, say. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are going to talk about the MCU, uh, the glory days of the MCU. Ah, the glory. What, what, all right. What brought that we, on? We're, what, we're, what? we're calling it the glory days, in my opinion, and what I would consider that they're the glory days, because you can call the platinum days of comic books and the modern day comic books and the silver age and the gold age and all that. Sure. Yeah, and I would consider that the first ten years of Marvel, since they ended a whole series of events, I would a call decade that, worth. I would call it the glory days because it was like yeah. it was the beginning of a time. Because you also can consider the Marvel, the the original movies like the X Men, the original Spider Man movies, even the Fantastic Four movies. Those can be considered like the. Um, bronze age or even they can oh, be con- gateway they can, drug they can be they can be considered the beginning days or the 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 gateway it's hard it's hard to age. consider those because i feel like um, it's part of us they were all just segment. half-assed disappointments you know so like they were the limping along version it's almost like if you were like this uh this tribe out in the middle of the the jungle like i feel like those movies were like when you threw a rope across the the river and like then you just tight walked across Sure. And like it worked. It was a great bridge. Uh, it wasn't the best, but you could get across the river. And then the MCU came, and they're like, "No, no, fools! We need concrete. We need to build some like <laughs> pylons and and, right. and make a nice road to go across this bridge." I well, feel like well, I, I, we thanks to that rope, we were able to get across. But now we actually have a bridge. You know that actually worked. Well, I like that theory, but I think every every movie studio created their own sort of bridge. Like Sony had the rope, and maybe. And maybe uh, Fox had extent, Fox yeah. had like those uh, lily pads that barely stayed up, and we stepped on them. And then uh-huh. you had uh, Universal that uh, just just threw rocks across the lake because they were like, <laughs> "Go!" Yeah. No, uh, yeah. so yeah, so Disney came along and uh, threw pumped a lot of money at it. And uh, funny thing is, Kevin Feige was involved in almost every Marvel movie, even those ones. So right. with that being said, I would consider that an age of com- uh, an age of comics or an age of movies. And now we're in that glory day movies that happened and now we're going into a new age that i would consider unknown territory at this point hope sure it is it, it may not be the glory days anymore it's going to be different because now you're uh, I, I mean to be honest i think every Orange marvel movie apples because i just saw 
uh, it may be apples and oranges. I just saw Black Widow and uh, it was not bad. I would definitely go see it again per our conversation earlier. It was a fun movie to watch. Uh, there was a couple notes, uh, lots of things I question going, why would you change that? Um, you'll see when you go see it. But I'm like, the question is, I even asked my sisters, why do they change that? And like, would it change the story? No, it didn't. But they didn't need to change that. They absolutely didn't need mm. to change this part of it. Like, there's no point to unless, change it. If, unless, I mean, I, yeah, it, I haven't I mean, seen it, it, but unless it changes it for the, the next 10 years. You know what I mean? Right. It, it does, it, it, it's a, right. a necessary change for a new story. But to me, it was just a, a, a when Matt sees it, he's going to say it's driving narrative. Uh, to me, <laughs> to me, it was an unnecessary it's, change. For, it made no difference if they had it one way or the other, which was just stupid. And I had to explain to my fa- family who that character was. But anyways... Beyond that, um, this is the new phase that's happening. And uh, when we went to go see that movie, we saw a trailer for Shang-Chi. And it almost seems like now, like, every movie we're expecting to be good. We're expecting these Marvel movies to be good now, like, super good. So now we Not put all these. Of us. But now we were putting, well, a lot, majority of people are putting these Marvel movies on a pedestal. I'm getting to you, Matt. We're putting them on that pedestal, so we're expecting this high level of uh, entertainment. And I'm not sure if they're going to be able to keep up keep this going so we're going to get something it it almost seems like it's maybe too much at this point maybe and uh but we'll see where they're going to go with this i mean comics are always being pumped out so these movies will always be pumped out and disney's always going to be able to pump them out so as long as they keep hitting blockbusters i mean black widow broke records uh again uh well i mean for for the pandemic and thank you they made 60 million dollars alone just from disney plus an opening weekend which is insane to me and by the way, um, shame, hated that idea. shame, shame on all of you middle class pieces of shit out there that yeah. are getting Disney plus premium movies. You're the reason yeah. why they're going to keep charging. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, a real quick gripe. Um, gripe. If I said that word correctly. Sure. Gripe. Um, Amazon just released The War of Tomorrow with Chris Pratt starring brand new blockbuster movie. Did they charge extra for that? No, they did not. Uh, HBO Max. They just released. um what was that Space new Jam one? Two. Space Jam 2. Did they charge extra for that? No, they did not. In the Heights just came out. Did they charge extra for that? No, they did not. Disney Plus, what are they doing? They're charging extra for that because you pieces of shit pay for it. It means they're going to keep fucking doing it. If you fucking stop paying for it, Disney would go, <laughs> Disney would go, oh, oh, my bad. We'll back off. Oh, my gosh. They literally... No, it just pisses me off because it's like, fuck you, people. <laughs> fuck you. You're the you're the problem. You're the fucking that's, problem. And we talked about hilarious. this in last pods. I don't give a fuck if it's like $10 a person to go see a theater movie theater. Go to the movie theater. You're paying for the experience then. Stop paying for it at home and wait for Disney to let it for free because they should be doing it free like every other fucking service out there. If they want to pay more, charge more for the service. Six ninety nine well, is Disney, a very Disney generous. Six ninety nine is very generous for the price of Disney Plus. They could easily make it nine ninety compared to the others. Compared to the others, they could easily charge nine ninety nine, and everyone will still pay it, and they can get their fucking money's worth. But fuck you, everyone well, else out there. Well, here's the thing. Wow. Uh, yeah, I was a little angry. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, man. Oh my God. I'm glad uh, we've got you know distance on our side here. Um. So here's the thing. So the Disney Plus factor is they're hurting for money. Like and what I mean by that is their their subscriptions, they're not gaining anymore. They've hit a the plateau and so they're concerned. So of course they're going di- to and and let me just say Joel and I have a good idea of how Disney operates and and they're going to try to if you're willing to buy it, they're going to charge for it and they're not going to charge something small. They're going to go 
aim high, right? So Joel's right in that capacity. As long as you keep buying into it, then uh, they're gonna do. They're gonna keep doing it. I think Black Widow. Feige didn't want that to be on Disney Plus right away as a premium access. Just so you know, he didn't want that. I, don't I like Kevin Feige thing. still. I still like him. I'm just telling you, he did not. He was not okay with that idea, or he frowned upon it. I can't remember. I read an article a while ago. Um, but the thing is, Disney doesn't care one way or the other. They need the money. They're 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 bombing left and right. And Joel and I, we've argued all the time privately about how. Disney's just gone full batshit crazy with the woke agenda, every aspect of imaginable, um, anything but just being inclusive. They they chose to go the route of like being inclusive by alienating each branch, right? If you're a Black Lives Matter movement, that's great for you, but it doesn't support you know the SJW community or vice versa. Because believe it or not, people maybe those two groups don't want to get along individually. Like they're just focused on their own individual groups. So they did. This is that movie for that group. This is that movie for that group. This is that movie for that group. So, and it's just kind of like, whatever I consider it divisive, but, um, Joel may have a different opinion on it, but that's just my opinion on it. So, uh, black widow is the first quote unquote Marvel movie of this. It's, it's supposed to be the first of, all of these new movies that in the cinematic universe, right? I mean, it's Technic- the last technically far from home was, but that's a or Sony like movie. the breakup. Maybe it's like the breakup girlfriend, where it's kind of like we're still familiar with Scarlett Johansson and her character, but really we already know what happens. Spoiler: she's dead. So uh, it's kind of like a, a breakup movie. Before start before we start the new wave of stuff. Can I can I just um, say that Black Widow? I like the idea of what they did with Black Widow. Remember long ago, <clears throat> you told me that it'd be really cool like that. During uh, Age of Ultron, when Thor went to that water and he disappeared, like he was at the house and he disappeared, yes. like that'd be cool. Be a whole another movie, right? So it'd be like right. a movie between movies. Black right. Widow's between a mo- is in, is be- is in the middle of a movie. Fair enough. Which okay. I think is Fair really enough. cool that they did that. Um, so it's like almost like you're watching the movie. You can watch a certain movie. I don't want to ruin it for you because you're gonna see it. Right. You can watch a certain movie and then at the end you can watch black widow and then you can watch the ending of that and then be like oh that's kind of cool because it all mixes together that that i think they did top notch on sure it's kind of like you should watch miss marvel or captain marvel before you uh watch any mcu movies ever. you're supposed to watch captain marvel first but that's but we it was an afterthought i guess when we decided to make it (laughs) so anyways um so we're subject matter for today is we don't know where the future of the MCU is going. Uh, my personal opinion is you've got too many three or what, not like a uh, C-list characters. You know what I mean? Like nobody's been buying these comics. Uh, they're only buying them now is because they're forcing these characters out into the public's eye more. But most of these comic book characters, no one's really showed any interest in for the years and years. The, only the obscure, the most diehard comic book people are interested in these characters. So for me personally, the average person that's not a comic book person, it's going to be a challenge to get them to go see it. I mean, some of them might go see it because they don't know and they, they're willing to learn. Great. But people that have read books know that, like, okay, every once in a while this would be a guest star in a series mm-hmm. like X-Men or Spider-Man. It's not – the key is, like, guest. You know, it's not someone that would aid them or assist them. It's like, you know, if you had a movie about – your place of employment you have your boss and you have you know the the vice president and and then you got the mail clerk and you you know whatever it's like or the sec the receptionist or 
or it's a technician phone person now because everything's a technician. But like, uh, my point is the movie would be about some small aspect of the company as opposed to just the leading, what the company does and the leading thing. So anyways, they're advertising this, uh, new MCU, but they're doing it on the backbone of the last 10 years. So instead of just bashing what might be transpiring in the future, Jill and I were talking about it, and we were saying, you know what? Why don't we actually talk about the themes and the relationships, but mostly the themes of the last 10 years of Marvel? Because there's reasons why Disney is pushing the nostalgia of the past to market the future. Because, like, they keep saying, come back to the movies. And everything they what you love, and they showed opening night of Avengers and, you know, and all this stuff, and the, getting everybody's goosebumps going because like oh my god it was so amazing when we first saw that for the first time we waited 10 years to see this cinematic moment and here it is and everyone goes crazy in the theaters and yeah of course because it was amazing and there was lots of great moments building up to that moment uh so disney's trying to piggyback off that nostalgia enough to hope that we will suck ourselves into going seeing the next 10 years of god knows what so instead of that instead of focusing on the next 10 years or or uh let's just focus on the moments that really stood out to us that we thought this is why it was good. The glory days, the glory days. So uh, with that said, Iron Man, I was going to say, start with the first movie, Iron Man, right? Iron Man. So we're, we're talking about the themes, overall themes. And we're talking the themes in the sense of like the character, the individual character itself, not, not relationships necessarily or anything else. I mean, there are some that are relationship based, but it's consistent through their own individual films and also consistent in the films where they come together. So like if, if the Avengers never came together, these themes would still be consistent with those characters, right? So Iron Man, it, he, his whole story, his theme is self-discovery, right? Because he starts out as a playboy, a rich guy, a greedy guy, a scientist, a narcissist, and then something happens, you know, and then he starts reevaluating his life. And then something even worse happens where he sees his own death in a vision and right. it freaks him out, you know, and it's, once again, it changes things. And then you go into a beyond, you know, it's like, uh, then it becomes like registration, you know, then it gets political. He gets into politics and starts changing the way he operates about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, like coming together, um, it's just, it's interesting and he finally gets because married too, so it's all. Fin- yeah, f- yeah. Finally, falls and uh, starts accepting things in a different light. You know, um, he goes through the whole time we're watching that character. He goes from incredibly confident to rock bottom almost. Like I think Iron Man three, he's at his Iron worst. Iron Man three was rock, rock you bottom. Yeah. Right, and uh, and then at the end he struggles to recover from that rock bottom, and um, you know that's where Civil War gets into play and. You know, like arguing over what's right and what's wrong, and and then um, his fear, greatest fears come to pass. You know, and and uh, how he handles it, how he copes with it, does he do the right thing at the end? You know, so on and so forth. So for me, Iron Man, it, it, his character, the theme of it is self-discovery from beginning to end, and how life affects him and how he changes. You know, so that was it for me. And then if we move on to like Cap, yeah. you talk a little bit about Cap's themes, Captain America. What would his theme be? That's obvious. This is goodness. He's a Boy Scout. He's, you know, good always triumphs over evil. 
There's that phrase. Right. There's that phrase in the movie in the first movie where the doctor, like the you know Steve Rogers, asks the doctor like, "Why me?" And uh, the guy said, "Well, the serum, you knows, you know." First, he asks, he goes, "I think I think this is part of the same conversation, or maybe two different conversations. I'm mixing with it." But he goes, um, "Do you want to kill Nazis?" And he goes, right. "No, I don't want to kill anyone." But right. I don't believe in I don't believe in backing down at least. But I don't like bullies. That's what he says. And he says the serum makes bad worse because like right because now Steve Rogers is wondering why me. I'm the scrawniest kid here. Blah blah blah. Why am I going to get this? And it's like it makes bad worse. It makes good better. Right. So whatever the serum did to him made him even more of a Boy Scout than he was before. I mean. Out of all the, and then when you when you watch all the MCU, you you learn quickly that there are no other, there are tons of super soldiers out there, tons of them. The Russians have a couple. Was Bucky considered a Russian one as well? No, he's German. I guess so. Russian. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, he was part of the. He wasn't American. Let's put it no, that way. yeah. And then you got the Red Guardian that we find out about in Black Widow. But I've seen his character many times on comics. I'm like, who cares? And then you hear, you know, during Black uh, Falcon, the Winter Soldier, you find out about the the uh, the Black Super Soldier that they tested on, you know, you know, mm-hmm. during that time. So, you, but you learn that Captain America is probably one of the best ones, like because he well, he's just, just the overall good, good. He represents good, good, right? He represents just mighty and good, and uh, that even the weak, he's there to protect everything. So him being uh, his theme would be the goodness and and, and you know the goodness. And everything, right. right? Is that how you wrote it? What'd you write? You said the good. That's the what, I mean. That's I, I just yeah. The it, he just represents good, right? The good he's nature just, in every human. When you being, see right? him show up, you just know he's going to make the the best decision. He's going to make the the right choice. For the everybody. right choice. It may not be good right. for him, but he's making it. He wants everybody to be happy, you know. So right. Yeah, he's almost like right. a people pleaser. <laughs> well, in a way, but he means it. It's coming from his heart. So but he's. Just, I think that's yeah. what makes him very unique. Um. We talked about, I mean, again, we're talking about the individual themes. And for me, moving on, Thor. I think Thor is a very interesting character, too, because I thought about it long and hard. His his relationship with his brother, Loki, is, it's like, that's the theme. Like, he's, and out of all the movies he's done, he's always trying to have a relationship with his brother. And his brother never wants it, or his brother's always giving him a hard time about it, or his brother's always coaxing him or tricking him. But mm-hmm. Thor himself, he always, always is there to welcome his brother back. He's always giving him love. He's always there for him. He's saying, you know, like constant things, like you know, if you were here right now, I'd actually might even hug you. And he actually was there. And and that's it's just, you know, like. Even in the first Avengers movie, he's like, he's my brother. I'm coming to take him home. He's like, he's the ultimate villain in that movie, really. Right. And uh, Thor's like, uh, he's adopted, but like, he's going to take him home. You right, know? right, like, right. <laughs> you know, he, like. He's adopted. Uh, right, so. But that that's the whole point. Like, you know, Thor is just, he, he's, Thor's about that that brotherhood. So he, so he sees Loki as this, this troubled maker, and he thinks that if he keeps showing Loki good and keeps showing him that he takes him in, that Loki will change his ways. Which well, he eventually does. Which he eventually he does. Yeah. So yeah, he, the well, one version did. But, but. he does get uh, a lot of uh, licks in on Thor before that. But I mean, eventually oh, Thor right. 
Thor gets wise. I mean, Thor is kind of an idiot. But then you see Thor. Well, that's what I'm saying. He accepts his brother. You see Thor's growth on that because he wants Loki to be by his side. And then he says Thor grows because, no, Thor was a spoiled brat as well, almost like um, Iron Man as Robert Downey Jr. Right. Or, uh, sorry, Tony Stark. (laughs) And then you got. uh, Same thing. You got Thor. Yeah, pretty much. You got Thor also was like a spoiled brat. He was supposed to be king. He wanted the throne. He was supposed to get it the first movie. And then he turns it down. And then eventually he gives it to uh, a Valkyrie. Right. So then he, mm-hmm. you know, so he, Thor never, you saw his growth too. And he, I mean, he got to learn who his brother was and everything too. So, But every movie is all about the brother relationship. Right. Everyone. And, every and Thor one. Ragnarok was the, the final hit on that where it was, you know, they worked together and they had that touching moment at the end. And where, then he dies know, pretty much right at the end right of Thor after. Ragnarok or right before, right mm-hmm. the beginning of Endgame. Right. So uh, we don't have a lot of time, so we'll try to move this along quicker. But can you talk a little bit about Nick Fury? Because I think his character is very interesting, too, in how he was represented throughout the last 10 years. Nick Fury, I think, would be the father of it all, like a father right. figure. He's there. He's not always there, but he's like the the voice of reason every so right. often. Like you saw him in Age of Ultron and he gave Tony Stark that push. Um, he gave mm-hmm. Tony Stark the push in the first movie, of course. Iron Man too, as well. And he gave him the he babysat him there, and then he also was the father figure. Spider Man too. Well, yeah. although that was a Cree, so eh, yeah, eh. I, I would consider Tony more of a father figure too. I mean, they're trying to. That's use true. Uncle. More of an Uncle Ben there, right. figure, but whatever. I, I'm not right. Well, talk well, about how. right, right. But but you're right. Uh, but even <clears> Nick Fury, <throat> I mean, with uh, Captain Marvel. He was there. As I a was there, but he even well. he he was the birth, he was the father of Avengers. Like he he created them. Right, Shield, so. the father Sh- Shield, and he knew uh, Hawkeye Agent and Black Carter Shield. was the mother of the Shield. I think uh, he already worked. Nah. For, he already worked for Shield. Well, at that I know time. what you mean. But then you, you're semantics now because now you're talking about Tony's dad and and Ant Man and all those guys. Right. So I don't. I'm think just Nick saying Fury in our cinematic Shield. universe, our modern. Cinematic Nick universe. He's Fe- the father. Sure, and he's also yeah, he w- yeah. So he's the father figure. So moving on from Nick Fury, what about you? Can you talk about Guardians when the family Guardians? I think is great. It's family, no question about it, because they each had their own individual families, but they're all broken families. They're all uh, they all, and even Rocket says in one of the moments, "Oh, it's all oh boo hoo. We uh, you you lost someone you love." And the point is, we've all done that. But I mean, Guardians to me. Is very family oriented in so many ways. It's it's actually one of the better, uh, f- I think it's one of the better franchises in Marvel Cinematic Universe because of that. Um, you've got Nebula and uh, Gamora and their sister relationship, love hate relationship. Uh, you've got uh, Star Lord that lost his family completely and is looking for one. Rocket and Groot are a, a small family that meets the Guardians. They're kind of like already a family together because they're both so obscure. You've got Drax who lost his family, and then um, you got Rondu or is it Yondu? Sorry, Yondu, who's like the the, the stepdad to yeah, stepdad that, to that. Quill. I mean, it's it's <clears throat> very poetic in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And then even in the first movie, the reason why they're let go, you know, is one of the reasons, you know, because like the guards are even saying like, I you saved my family. They're alive because of you guys. You know, so even what they're doing is saving families. You know, and Groot, we are Groot. You know, he saves them, and he they're raising his line. a child. Yeah, yeah, they're they're changing. He changed his line, but they're also raising a baby Groot. It's like a family. Like you know, there's a baby in the family now, a teenager in the family now. It's like, it's uh, you know, Rocket gets too close, and uh, Yondu in the second one, they they have a conversation where like, 
you know, they they too came from broken homes and, and abusive relationships. And they're saying, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, I know who you are because you're me. That's what Ro- Yondu says to Rocket. And, like, it's the first time because Rocket's, like, fighting away from the family. He's mm-hmm. rejecting it because it's too close to home. He's feeling too comfortable with them. He's, you know what I mean? It's too good to be true kind of thing. And so to me, it's very touching. Like that whole, those two movies, I think were just really well done because of the family aspect of Guardians of the Galaxy. Do you think Vin Diesel would be proud? I think he's immensely <laughs> proud. I'm sure somewhere he's taking a poop right now. Soon. <laughs> <coughs> well, no, it's the joke yeah. because in Fast and Furious, he's always like, it's family. Yeah. It's all about family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about family. Well, maybe uh, that's why they cast him, right? <laughs> maybe. Um, what about Hulk? The Hulk, Doctor Banner. Well, first we find the Hulk. He creates this uh, this whole new. I, you know, honestly, I forget why he's testing gamma radiations. But anyways, he gets a immensely amount of gamma radiation um, to him, and he turns into the Hulk. At first, he rejects the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Right? He wants to get rid right. of it, and it's an abomination. It's, a curse. it's an abomination, yeah. but that's a he's bad, right. He's trying to kill himself. Wet, he's bad, literally trying to kill himself. He did try to kill himself a few times, but the other guy won't let him. It's pretty right, much a whole other said. person. Bruce Banner and Hulk are two yep. different people. And then you'll, at this time, and then you, um, I, I said abomination, but that's another creature. But anyway. And he even runs away. He runs away. He, he tries to keep it in check and all this time. And then he starts learning to use it together. He starts accepting the fact, his fate, that he has right. this monster and he can't get rid of it. And then he then he embraces all the way and accepts that if he just combines the two, he doesn't have to deal with the horrible transformation. He can be a, he doesn't have to quote his words, be angry all the time. He right. can probably actually be a better person. And so, that's where we we get the Hulk. We yeah. get Bruce Banner and the Hulk all the way the progression to becoming Professor Hulk, which in terms would be the theme of acceptance of acceptance, who you are. Right. Accepting who you are. Right, coming to terms with your inner demons and accepting who you are. Literally, yeah. your inner demon. Yeah, yeah, making a negative into a positive. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, I want to talk briefly about this. Is the uh, so this you know? There's a lot of family relationships. There's a lot of friend relationships throughout the MCU because when you start mixing all these characters in bigger movies, obviously it just naturally happens. But um, let's just say it, no Avengers movies existed, and it's still Black Widow and Clint, uh, right. Hawkeye. Right. To me, their theme was um, friendship because, like, they had the ultimate friendship. They were working together during S.H.I.E.L.D. periods. And it's funny because if you didn't know the characters very well, when you watch the first Avengers and Clint gets taken over and is evil, you're like, well, that guy's screwed. He's a bad guy now. Let's get him and kill him or whatever. But, like, Mm -hmm. uh, Scarlett uh, Johansson's character, obviously, uh, Black Widow, she goes after him. She's like, no, he's worth saving. He's a good guy. And only because of her friendship with him do we know that And uh, in that first movie. And then afterwards, you know, like, are we still supposed to trust this guy after he breaks the cycle? She's the one that helps break it, and they're always been together. And that's why, again, they always share that intimate friendship moment. It's almost like if Clint had a different life, he didn't marry the woman he did, like in and, and Black Widow came in earlier in his life or something, we're to assume that maybe something more could have potentially happened. I don't know. I haven't seen the new Black Widow movie. They suggest something otherwise, but um, but I'm just saying they have a close relationship, a close bond, and that's why it's so uh meaningful and sad 
when they're trying to get the Infinity Stone because you know damn well neither one of them is going to let the other you know die sacrifice, or whatever right sacrifice themselves and you know it's like there's just and especially my heart goes out to clint because you know he's already lost his family he can't he can't afford to lose his best friend and so to me it's just friendship you know what i'm saying like that that's <clears throat> that meaning of friendship is um very special um but because again short on time so with that said thank you for listening to entertainment banter my name is Matt. And I'm Joel. And I'm done. <laughs>